ിമുത്തീം We had commenced the discussion two days ago, two nights ago about the akhlaq of the abdal that was briefly discussed at that time there is mention in the hadith sharif about the abdal of sham and there is this very special class of people who number 40 at any given time and whenever any one of them leaves this dunya another person takes that position this is a different discussion and we don't need to get into all those details but this much is sufficient for us that they are of a very high caliber of people very very high caliber they are among the muqarrabeen very close to Allah Ta'ala but they would appear to be just like anybody else and nobody really knows who they are so in any case they are a very special group of people people who have a very close proximity to Allah Ta'ala so this is a very great thing that they have this great proximity to Allah Ta'ala they are people of a very special level so nobody can just decide to become an Abdal but it's something to emulate them So what's mentioned from the side of the Ulama-i-Kirams is that there are ten aspects that are the special akhlaq of the Abdal. Ten aspects of akhlaq that they are very, that shine in them, they are very distinguished in these ten aspects. So it's not that they don't possess other aspects of akhlaq, But these aspects are the very, very major things in their lives. And as mentioned, they are people of that caliber. And the perfection of Iman comes from the perfection of Akhlaq. So this would have played a very big role in them getting to where they got to. The Akhlaq that they possessed. And in this regard, the first aspect of their Akhlaq was discussed as well. Salamatul Sadr. That they were people who always kept their hearts very clean. The value of that cannot be overestimated. Keeping the heart clean. Allah Ta'ala loves those who have clean hearts. Allah Ta'ala Himself looks at the heart of a person. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنظُرُ إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ سُوَرِكُمْ وَلَاكِي يَنظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at your external self. external self in the sense that 
what is this person's height, what is this person's complexion, what is this person's features, and which part of the world this person comes from, and what is the physical strength of this person, all those things Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at. Allah Ta'ala looks at the heart within. Yes, externally there are certain ahkam and certain laws of shariat that has to be applied. That Allah will take to account for. But other than that, that's not what Allah Ta'ala looks at. Allah Ta'ala looks at the heart inside. What is in the heart and the a'mal of a person. That is going to determine whether he is going to be elevated. So he may, he may be somebody that comes from some the North Pole somewhere or from the jungles of Africa or wherever he might come from but he has a clean heart a heart that's connected to Allah Ta'ala a heart filled with Iman with Taqwa and all the qualities of Akhlaq and his Amal are in accordance to Allah Ta'ala's commands then he'll be very greatly elevated it can be somebody who might be an Arab or a non-Arab or whoever he might be he might be very prominent in his society he might be a person of great uh, worldly status and position but Allah Ta'ala looks at the heart and if the heart is not in order the heart is corrupted the heart is filled with all kinds of evil and vices and the amal of the person are not right then all the worldly position and status and the nobility of lineage all these things will make no difference that person will be far away from Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from that the first aspect that was discussed was the heart being clean salamatus sadr now there's a whole list of 10 aspects that are mentioned there's no time to go into every aspect among them is sakhawatun nafs just to touch on a few before elaborating on one of them so the sakhawatun nafs that they have hearts that are very generous generosity is something Allah Ta'ala loves very greatly and Nabi Kareem Wasallam was at the peak of all good akhlaq he was at the peak of generosity as well and as mentioned previously that his generosity sometimes somebody's quantity might be more but another person's generosity might be more because this person his quantity might be more in the sense that from 1 million he gave 10,000 so now that 10,000 out of 1 million that is equal to 1% so he gave 1% Alhamdulillah Allah will reward him accordingly so he gave something he'll get rewarded for it and another person gave a hundred rands but that hundred rands he gave from the thousand that he possessed he only possessed thousand and he gave a hundred rands in the path of Allah Ta'ala he gave 10%. This person's quantity is more, but that person's generosity is far more. Nabi Kareem Wasallam, the quantity might not have been that much all the time, because he possessed hardly anything. But his generosity could not be matched by anybody. He gave when he had, and he even gave when he had nothing. When he had nothing also, that's when he also gave so there's many details about it there's no time to go into the details now but especially in the month of Ramadan 
when Jibreel والسلام, would now meet with Nabi Kareem وسلم, and they would revise the Quran Sharif so it's mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that when this meeting would take place in the month of Ramadan that generosity which was already at its peak would be boosted even further and he would become so generous mursala, like a fast moving wind that it touches everything that it comes in past leaves nothing aside likewise the generosity of Nabi Wasallam extended to everyone and everything so in any case generosity is among those very salient features of these very great personalities and this should become a part of our lives as well there might be things that we can maybe part with there might be things we can't part with but there's always something we can do for the cause of deen always something we can do for the needy there's always something in our capacity Allah Ta'ala doesn't look at the quantity it's the sincerity to what extent the person is doing it solely for Allah Ta'ala and to that extent Allah will reward him so when the focus is akhirat then it becomes very easy to now make that effort in that direction dunya we're going to leave behind and go on the one hand we do what is within our capacity once one person came and he gave something to Nabiya Kareem Wasallam to spend it in sadaqah and he said this is the only thing I own perhaps some dirham or dinar or something he said this is the only thing I own so Nabi Wasallam threw it back he said there will be some people who will give everything away and then they will go around begging and when Abu Bakr Siddiq at the time of Tabuk when he brought everything and gave it didn't leave one thing behind and Nabi Islam asked him what you left behind he said I left Allah and his Rasul behind Nabi Islam accepted it very happily and spent it for the cause of deen because he was of that caliber that he if any mujahada now came as a result of having spent everything away it won't affect his iman in the least but his tawakkul with Allah Ta'ala would not be shifted in one moment one, one but so he was of that caliber but that wasn't something accepted from everybody so while a person mashallah should try and spend but not in a way that now he puts himself in a problem and difficulty he puts his family in difficulty but there should be some spending in Allah Ta'ala's path all the time this should become part and parcel of a mu'min every one of us sakhawad and the pious people this has been a, a standard feature in all those of piety that they, their sakhawat was on another level there were many many incidents of the pious people of our meaning the recent past in the biography of Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Gangohi Sahib the Grand Mufti of India who was buried in South Africa he passed away in Johannesburg and is buried there he was the Grand Mufti of Dalum Deoban for a long time taught Bukhari Sharif there for a long time very great personality he was Ustad of Hazrat Mawai Yunus Patel Sahib Hazrat Ma'abdul Hamid Sahib from other great ulama of South Africa he was their Ustad in his biography is mentioned that people would come sometimes students would come they would now need something somebody would come and say that I don't have any money I need that kitab to buy that kitab for sabak I don't have any money to buy the kitab at that time Hazrat didn't have any money himself he took his own kitab and gave it to him he takes this away
There were times when he gave somebody his kurta because he had nothing else to give. He gave the kurta away to the person. Now, these are things that happened in the latter times, not far off from us. And even after, mashallah, Allah's servants. So now this is something that we have to develop. It should not be that we become self-centered. But rather keep our gaze open that all this is Allah Ta'ala's gift. And now I need to earn the closeness of Allah Ta'ala with it. So we'll fulfill whatever our needs are. Fulfill it with comfort also, no problem. Allah Ta'ala has blessed with abundance. We give our family some luxuries also. But we don't make that the purpose of life. We don't make that the focus of life. Keep them comfortable, we be comfortable, make shukar to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala give more barakat in it, no problem. But that must not become the focus of life. That every time we see somebody else with something, we need to also update, and we need to also now move in with the times. That then is a very dangerous thing. Now a person has something which is more than sufficient for him, more than comfortable for him. Everything is going fine, smoothly, there is no problem with it. So then why should that be replaced? If there is some genuine reason for replacing it well and good, but otherwise... But now in that replacing, now he paid something and now he's going to lose so much on it just because something new is on the market. One is there is some valid reason for it, but if not, just for that purpose, that becomes a very... that, that takes a person in a different direction. And then the whole mindset becomes different. This is not the subject actually that was planned, but now something is coming to mind. It's just going in that direction, so whatever Allah Ta'ala wills. Many years back, one friend came on, something back maybe now about maybe 30 years. So 30 years ago is a long time. So now he came, he came to say, came to show you my car. I had just bought a new car. So mashallah, Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with he needed a car, so he bought a new car. Very good, no problem. <coughs> so now, when we sit down inside, and so now in the process he's talking about it too. And then he, it was some whatever vehicle at that time, and this was a six-cylinder engine. Now, he didn't even have any idea of what that six cylinders mean. The only cylinders we knew about was a gas bottle somewhere there, the cylinders. <laughs> So now he's talking about the six-cylinder engine and now what is the capacity of this and so on and so forth and going into the details of it. So now because we are very informal and he was a friend, business person, so I asked him, okay, mashallah, you're talking about all the details about this, the six-cylinder and so on. The one that's one below this, what is that? So he said, well, that's a four-cylinder engine. What's the difference between this one and that one in terms of the features, in terms of the comfort, in terms of everything else? You know, that is exactly the same in this, the particular model that he's talking about, the same. Apart from that, this particular one is a six-cylinder. So what's the difference then? So he says, well, this can go at a speed of now, whatever he might have explained at the time, I, can't, I cannot remember, 220 or 230. I say, well, that four-cylinder one, how fast that will go? Well, that too can do about 170, 180 maybe. And what else? Nothing else. This particular thing, that's, that's the difference. Okay, what's the price difference? So now the price difference, now we're talking about 30 years ago. 
said the price difference was 30,000 rands. Meaning if that four cylinder and the six cylinder, now that time, 30 years ago, the price difference is at 30,000 rands. Now compute that into this time, that won't be less than 300,000. The difference would be, Allah knows best, Allah alam, but the value of money then and now, so maybe 150, 200 minimum, of the price difference. So I told him, think about what you did, what you are just explaining, that this vehicle and that vehicle, the six cylinder and four cylinder got no difference in terms of all the comforts, the luxury, all the features, whatever that has, this has, and what this has, that has. The only difference is the engine size and that only translates into more speed. But if you drive that vehicle also at that full speed, that too will be quite dangerous. If you drive that vehicle also at that speed of 170, 180, you might be endangering your life and endangering the lives of others also. And this vehicle will go a little bit faster than that. How many times are you going to drive it faster than that? On one odd occasion, when somewhere the road is empty, just to maybe then, nowadays that was now that time, but if you bring it into today's time, then somebody will take a selfie of it. <laughs> so that he can boast about it, boast about how recklessly he is driving. So he can boast about how recklessly he is driving and let the whole world know. And beyond that, beyond that nothing. So it's just a boost of the ego. That 30,000 and in this period of time, that 200,000 difference, Allah Ta'ala blessed you to buy a good car, mashallah. But if that did the job just as well, so what was this balance for? This, what benefit it brought to you? Forget anybody else. You spend this extra 150, 200,000, what benefit it brought to you? One is, for example, now, a person bought an air conditioner, so, he didn't have one, he put it in his house, there's a benefit out of it. He was now having a hard time in the heat, now he's got the air conditioner, so it's cooled the place down, mashallah, Allah Ta'ala made it possible, it was affordable, alhamdulillah. Person didn't have a decent bed, it was a hard surface he was, but now he managed to afford something, he bought a good bed, so now he sleeps on a more comfortable bed, alhamdulillah, there's some direct benefit to him. So there are many things that there will be some direct benefit, some benefit on a level of comfort, but there's some benefit out of it. I think this, what benefit it gave you? Because as it is that four cylinder two, you can't drive it at full speed anywhere and everywhere. To start off with, if you get caught driving at that speed, you'll be in trouble. And then you might be even endangering your life and other people's lives. So that will happen in one blue moon that you're going to drive beyond that speed. So what did you really pay for? That excess. Now that happens when the mindset has gone in that direction. That it doesn't matter now that what will I really achieve out of this. But I have the money to spend, so spend it. But how much that would have helped somebody and how many people that excess. But Allah Ta'ala blessed with that comfort, that luxury, that four cylinder, also top of the range, whatever, uh, very good. And the excess? The excess would have done so much of good for those who don't have shoes to wear also. Forget drive a car. How many people it would have put shoes on their feet? And shoes on their feet is still a second matter. 
how many people would have put food in their bellies who were going home, going to sleep starving? So we're not talking about not having the luxury. MashaAllah, the luxury Mubarak. But the excess that was spent for no tangible benefit. For no tangible benefit. One is there is some tangible benefit, even at the level of luxury. Alhamdulillah. Enjoy it. Don't let it become a means of becoming proud and haughty. Don't let it become a means of any crossing the lines of any uh, of deen. But something that got no tangible benefit. So now, splashing the money for that, what is going to earn? Now the person is having a wedding, mashallah. So now he was invited for the walima, his family, others, friends. So now he arranged something more, some shoes to feed them. Hello, alhamdulillah. He can afford it, he's not getting himself in any debts, he's not doing anything extravagant, but he went a little bit beyond the norm in terms of he prepared something a little bit better, no problem. But then the tons of money that gets wasted in the deco, for example, one person said, you know, the, we really, you know, we just cut it to the bare. So now he's giving one example now, how he just cut it to the bare minimum. Everything was done. So I thought, mashallah, he might have been very simple, everything. She said, floral arrangement. Now, this is also going back 10 years ago. Floral arrangement, we just kept it capped at 25,000. So now he was waiting for mashallah. <laughs> that it didn't go beyond 25,000. And now he was expecting some pat on the back. And now 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, now work out the 25,000. What will be worth today? Now that 25,000 for that floral arrangement, for that deco, hundreds of thousands are spent in that. And for what? To make an impression. To make an impression, to just dazzle people's eyes for a while, to just make people feel now, you know, you person did things in style, and then what? Then all torn down and forgotten. Now that is just purely an ego boost. Full stop. And we are going to account for this on the day of Qiyamah. All this is Allah Ta'ala's amanat. This is not that we can do as we please. We are answerable for this on the day of Qiyamah. Now that, mashallah, the person, he spent a little extra to feed his guests well. Very good. But this excess that was spent in something that was just for the sake of making an impression, just to dazzle people's eyes for a while, just that part was saved. That part was saved. How many people who were starving would be able to be fed with that? If just the wastage is saved, let alone what people, mashallah, the luxuries they enjoy, just the wastage is saved. Many, many people, and that is spent on those who are in difficult circumstances, those who are in hard-pressed conditions. So many people don't have the basics to get some medical treatments, they are getting appointments in government hospitals for one year away and they need an urgent uh, operation. Now, all these things are realities. These are all realities. One person had some appointment was given in some government hospital about nine months away. That nine months time will be able to do the operation for you. And he was really suffering and struggling. And he somehow pulled the nine months. And now the week that came when his operation was to be done, he fell ill in terms of now some other illness. 
whether it was a flu whatever else I said in this condition we can't do the operation you'll have to first recover from this now in that recovery process he missed his date so now they gave him another date now about another six months away and now he needs that he's suffering really battling now this wastage if it was used for somebody to take care of somebody's situation somebody in this kind of predicament will that not become a means of getting very close to Allah Ta'ala and will that not take us to Jannat inshallah so this is that Sakhawatun Nafs that these pious people this was a very prominent feature in their lives they had hearts that were open that were ready to spend for the path of Allah Ta'ala for the cause of deen for those who are in difficulties in hard circumstances orphans, widows these are things to take care of not just that we leave it to somebody else if there's especially and it starts off with those who are family to us those who are relatives those who are family people and somebody is in some hard difficult circumstances we should make it our point to be aware of this to find out in a discreet manner who has a problem what's going on this is the need of the time people are in sometimes very serious difficulties but mashallah they have that haya they won't want to stretch their hand out to anybody they turn into Allah Ta'ala alone we have to make it our duty to find out to find out and take the steps to do what we can we cannot fulfill the entire need of somebody but we can help in some way to contribute towards it that's something to do this is the places of gaining that nearness of Allah Ta'ala and a person does it in such a way as mentioned in the Hadith Sharif the seven categories of people who will get the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah that وَرَجُلٌ تَصَدَّقَ بِصَدَقَةٍ فَأَخْفَاهَا حَتَّى لَا تَعْلَمَ شِمَالُهُ مَا تُنْفِقُ يَمِينُهُ the person who he gave some sadaqah in the path of Allah Ta'ala and he did it in such a secret way so discreetly in such a way that even his left hand didn't come to know what his right hand gave what his left hand his right hand gave left hand and right hand both belong to him in other words like how a form of expression somebody says to someone look you do it in such a way that even you don't know that you did it now he knows he did it obviously if he didn't know what he did then now he's walking in his sleep then maybe but what is meant to be said is that you do it in an extremely discreet manner that has such a great value in the court of Allah Ta'ala that that earns a place for the person in the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah and sadaqatu sir that secret and discreet sadaqah that it dispels calamities removes calamities out of a person's way that becomes a means of a good death it dispels a bad death and it becomes a means of a good death every person wants to meet Allah Ta'ala in a good way have a good ending an ending that is in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala not an ending that is in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala an ending where he has made Tawbah sincerely an ending where Allah is pleased with him Sadaqah paves the way for that it opens the doors of Tawfiq and it opens the doors of a person being accepted by Allah wa ta'ala 
to become obedient to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala opens the doors of the tawfiq for him. So this, we started off some things, this was not the topic that we were planning, but nevertheless, this became the discussion that this was one of the very prominent aspects in the lives and is in the lives of all these personalities, the aspect of sakhawa, aspect of generosity. And the generous person mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, very close to Allah Ta'ala. So, this too we have, and as mentioned, we know our capacity, but there must be some part of generosity. And every person has the capacity to give something, according to his position. The focus of life must not just be how to keep increasing dunya. There is a point where that must level out. There is a famous Hadith Sharif in Bukhari Sharif, where one person was walking somewhere, and he heard a sound from the cloud. That cloud is being instructed that you go and water the land of so and so. He found this very amazing. In Bukhari Sharif, this riwayat is there. He followed the cloud. Now the cloud is moving and he followed the cloud. So now he followed the cloud and he sees the cloud came to a certain point where one person was standing in his farm, in his land. And now that cloud rained just there. And now that rain was required might have been dry everywhere else the cloud came and it rained in his land and now as the rain is coming he is just guiding the water that is falling onto the ground where he needed to guide it into his plantations or whatever so now when this person saw this amazing sight now generally and normally in dunya everything won't happen so dramatically but it will happen in a way we won't detect it it happens but not in a way that everybody can see this so clearly and vividly that this cloud is moving, coming and raining only on this piece of land. But sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes it happen like that, like in this instance, so that it becomes a lesson for people. So in any case, this person now, after observing this whole situation and the scene, so then he comes to the person who was standing there and farming his land. So he asked him, what special thing you do? He said, what special I do? Nothing. Meaning, he's an ordinary person, keeping up with his deen, taking care of his family, his work. So then he explained to him, this is what happened. This is what I heard. This cloud and that instruction to the cloud. And then it came and rained on your land alone. So there's something spe- special about you. So then he replied and said, look, there's only one thing that I can tell you. That whatever I derive out of this land, so whatever I derive out of it, one third of it, I take care of the needs of my family. So one third of it, I spend on myself, my family, whatever our needs are. One third of it, I invest back into the land. And one third of it, I give in the path of Allah. He said, well, this is your amal. Allah has accepted it. But now the barakat that came. That the divine arrangement to have his land watered, so it will produce better crops and more production now that more production came from what he gave the quality increased from what he parted with what he parted brought back more and he brought back in abundance Allah Ta'ala's nizam and system is not how we count two and two equals four Allah Ta'ala's system is beyond that but it all depends again on the heart with what kind of heart it was done, what extent of ikhlas and sincerity, 
how much of genuine sakhawat for the pleasure of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala then opens out there are people who there are people who in the past one very great personality Laith bin Saad Misri rahmatullahi he was on the caliber of the four imams of fiqh some say that he was even a greater faqih than Imam Malik rahmatullahi that personality that, that caliber of person they say his annual income his annual income was 80,000 dinars or 80,000 dinars so 80,000 dinars in our understanding so just make it 80,000 Kruger rands now work out the numbers 80,000 Kruger rands that is a person his annual income because gold coins dinars but his condition was such that zakat never became compulsory on him how can that be a person is earning so much and zakat never became compulsory because as it came he never kept anything but now as it came he kept nothing and it kept on coming that's the aspect that he parted with it for Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala continued showering down upon him and then in that process he was using what he needed but he amassed nothing and since he amassed nothing so he never had misab at any time but he carried on coming and he used what he needed to use took care of his needs, his family's needs and he then spent for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure on the servants of Allah Ta'ala, in the cause of deen so Allah Ta'ala continued blessing and showering upon him as well so the sakhawat sakhawat has never reduced anybody's wealth ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin that is an absolute declaration Nabi Kareem says Ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin Sadaqa has never decreased wealth The eye we can We can deny what the eye is seeing And reject the decision and the conclusion of the eye That I've seen it I've seen that there was this amount There was a hundred thousand year And now ten thousand was given away I can see the decrease is ninety thousand I can count it I can put it in the machine to and count it it will give you the same figure that this has decreased but we will reject what our eye can see and what our fingers can count and what we can compute and we will believe in what Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu has said that sadaqa has never decreased wealth now that is numbers Allah's system doesn't depend on numbers it is 100,000 and now it is 90,000 Allah's system doesn't depend on those numbers Allah's system is beyond those numbers but how Allah Ta'ala makes it happen that is Allah Ta'ala's prerogative but the declaration of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Sadaqa has never decreased well this hadith Sharif very concise hadith but it teaches us yaqeen that don't have yaqeen in what your eyes can see have yaqeen in what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi has said he has declared Sadaqa never decreases well ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِأَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزَّةٍ And Allah has never increased a person by means of forgiveness except in his respect and honor. Meaning a person now, something has happened, whatever. And now he decides, okay, let me forgive it. So now when he decides to forgive it, often it will seem and appear from the outside, he is going to be like the downtrodden one. Now he just gave in. He just said, okay, Maaf, 
he became the one that's now the loser so to say in this and others now became the victors they were the ones you saw eventually here to say forget about it but the what the eye can see what we can perceive that can be rejected but not what Nabiya Kareem Salaam said what he has said that can be that is a certainty Nabi Salaam says Allah Ta'ala will increase his izzat Allah will increase his izzat how will happen that's not for us to get into the detail because we don't have to get into the detail we have to get into the submission that what Nabi Salaam said wholeheartedly we accept it and we submit ourselves to it that this will happen it will happen the one incident which we have mentioned over and over again but it has so much of inspiration in it the incident of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah which Hazrat Mufti Ahmad Khan Puri Ahmad Barakatuh once mentioned in one bayan of his that he was sitting in a gathering and his students were around and a person of that caliber Imam of the time and everybody holds him in such high esteem and respect just for the sake of just un- understanding now the Imam of the Haram of the Kaaba Sharif now he what caliber he might be in terms of the prominence in terms of the respect that people would give to him now he is seated around people so now to understand it in that context so now he is the Imam of the time and he is seated around with those students and now one person comes and this is always the case even the Ambiyali Musrat Salam, none of them were such that they didn't have enemies. Every Nabi, there was some enemy of his also. They, they made their own Akhirat destroyed, they destroyed their own Akhirat, but there were such people on earth. So even the pious people also, out of whatever the reasons might be, some Hasad, or just some Jahalad, or whatever it might be, there will be somebody who will have enmity for them too. So one person came in the middle of that gathering, and he slapped Imam Abu Hanifa Now can we imagine, think about the scene, think about for one moment ourselves sitting in one small gathering of our friends. Yes indeed all of us are very very prominent, we have a very high position and but now with all that position and status and everything, we are just sitting among some friends, one circle of friends. Forget sitting in circle of friends, we are sitting alone somewhere too. And now somebody comes out of the blue and he slaps us. Now here he is sitting in a gathering and a person of that caliber and that respect and honor. So now after this, obviously people were enraged but he calmed everything down, kept his silence. Then he addressed the person and said to him that look what you did. If I wish to take revenge, I am entitled to it. To the extent that you hurt me, an eye for an eye, so I am entitled to that. So if I want, I can ask my friends here, somebody to take that revenge, slap you in the extent you slap me, I'm entitled to it. But I won't do that. If I wish, I can go to the Qazi and lay a complaint and he will exact the revenge for me, on my behalf. But I won't do that also. Then he went on mentioning things like that. They said, if I wish, I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah. And on the day of Qiyamah, what you, Zulm, you made upon me, I will be able to now claim your good deeds in return. So I can leave it for the day of Qiyamah, do nothing now. But I won't leave it for the day of Qiyamah also. Rather, Inshallah Allah Ta'ala give me Jannat. And if Allah Ta'ala gives me the permission to intercede on behalf of anybody, 
I will intercede on your behalf and take you along to Jannah. Now Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullahi, born in 80 Hijri, passed away in 150 Hijri, we are now sitting in 1444, but the izzat out of that, we still take inspiration now. مَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزَّةً The yaqeen, this is teaching us, don't believe what you can see and hear when Nabi Sallallahu has told you something different. Allah's command is something, Allah is saying something with your eyes and ears are seeing something different, then reject what your eyes and ears are seeing and hearing. You believe in what Allah Ta'ala has given. Allah Ta'ala said, يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَاهُ يُرْبِ السَّدَقَاتِ Allah Ta'ala uproots that interest, destroys the interest where it goes the capital to. And Allah Ta'ala increases the sadaqah. Then falsify your eyes what it can see and believe in what Allah Ta'ala has said. Complete yaqeen in that. And likewise in this hadith sharif, that ma naqasat sadaqatun min malin, sadaqah has never decreased wealth. Eyes can see what they want to see, the fingers can count what they want to count, the machines can give whatever numbers they wish and anybody and everybody can testify to what they want to but the word of Allah Ta'ala and His Nabi Sallallahu will hold supreme and that is what we will believe in that sadaqah has never decreased wealth and وَمَا زَادَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا بِعَفْوٍ إِلَّا عِزَّةً and the one who forgives Allah will increase his honor and respect and وَمَا تَوَادَعَ أَحَدٌ لِلَّهِ إِلَّا رَفَعَهُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ and whenever a person will humble himself, Allah Ta'ala, humble himself not to be elevated. He'll humble himself, solely Allah becomes pleased. So now it doesn't matter, whatever, whoever, but he will humble himself. Allah Ta'ala will elevate him. Outwardly, he's going downwards. He's humbling himself. He's accepting to be now the lower one. But Allah's system and nizam is different. When he is doing this for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure, Allah will elevate him. So this is teaching us yaqeen, don't believe in what you can see everything, and don't believe everything you hear, believe in what has been told to you by Allah Ta'ala and his beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That is where the yaqeen is to be. Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala grant us the akhlaq of these pious personalities, the beautiful noble qualities, the akhlaq that Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught, that is the akhlaq we need to adopt. Allah Ta'ala bless us with that. This is a very, very crucial part of a person's islah. And this is the primary thing that is, used to be worked on and is worked on in the khanqas, how to develop one's akhlaq. Because mashallah, if a person has some consciousness, he starts learning deen in terms of getting his ibadat in order. He gets, in fact, more engrossed in amal, Nawafil as well, very good, mashallah. But often, there's some laxity when it comes to mu'amalat, financial dealings. But then, mashallah, there are many who are conscious of that too. I don't want to contaminate my earnings in any way. Don't get involved in any interest whatsoever, because that too will bring some, the lanat of Allah Ta'ala into it. I don't want to have that in at all. So many other aspects. Person now is conscious, little bit of deen, he wants to stay out of all that. So his mu'amalat, alhamdulillah, he becomes conscious. So his ibadat is in place, his mu'amalat is there, he's making an effort on his iman, but come to aspects like mu'asharat, social life, aspects like akhlaq in particular, then this is left far behind.
you do it, you do it, you don't do it, you don't do it, whereas that is an integral part of deen, not an optional matter. And that is where we sometimes are, we lose out tremendously. And that is why that is worked on, that correct the akhlaq, correct the muamalat and muasharat as well. Obviously, ibadat goes without saying, everything is on the foundation of iman. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us the tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم دل میرا ہو جائے ایک میدان ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر 
تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیتا دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیاں تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بستا دم آخر ورد زبائے میرے انہ لا انہا الا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہ اللہ جل جلالہ عمن وانہ اللہ 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 
ഹൈയുൽക്കുമ്മീത്ഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹു
ഇമാമ ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين الله O most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين forgive us يا الله forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله Allah forgive the sins of the day and night ya Allah what we did deliberately and mistakenly ya Allah Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our friends and relatives ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahu alamin shawa your rahmat on the ummah ya Allah shawa your maghfirat on the ummah ya Allah blow the winds of hidayah ya Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah guide us and the entire ummah the tawfiq and give us the tawfiq of those amal ya Allah that bring down your rahmat ya Allah Save us from those amal that bring down azab, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, cleanse our hearts out of all the evils, ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with all the sifat of the abdal, ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with salamatul sadr, ya Allah. Cleanse our hearts out entirely, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, let our hearts shine, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with generosity, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with tawazu and humility, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with afu and forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin. Fill our hearts with all the noble akhlaq, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin. Remove all the evil qualities from us, Ya Allah. Remove the pride, the arrogance, the malice, the jealousy, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin. Remove the love of dunya and the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin. All those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, those with any difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Grant us afiyat in dunya, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from trials and tests and tribulations, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever difficulties, anxieties, worries, sorrow, grief, people are suffering, Ya Allah. Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with itminan and sukoon, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts with muhabbat, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts with understanding, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. 
unite the hearts of the ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya allah enable us to use the leftover time in this mubarak month ya allah the few moments that are left ya allah enable us to use it correctly ya allah and may you become pleased with us ya allah allah bless us with maghfirat ya allah bless us with maghfirat ya allah allah bless us with maghfirat ya allah free us from the fire of jahannam ya allah allahumma a'tiq riqabana min an-nar allahumma a'tiq riqabana min an-nar allahumma a'tiq riqabana min an-nar allah out of your grace and mercy accept all the amal ya allah despite it being so weak ya allah despite it not being worthy of presenting ya allah out of your grace and mercy accept it ya allah begin a means of hidayat for one and all ya allah ilahul alamin accept the atikaf ya allah accept the fast ya allah accept the tarawih salah ya allah accept all the amal ya allah accept the efforts of deen ya allah grant barakah in every effort ya allah make it a means of hidayat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah you grant every khair and barakah and afiyat to one and all ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah accept all the efforts of deen taking place ya allah make it a means of hidayat ya allah allah the upcoming ijtimaz accept them ya allah allah make it a means of hidayat ya allah make all the work happen with afiyat and ease ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah make it a means of the hearts getting connected to you ya allah make it a means of deen in every facet of life coming alive ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah you accept us ya allah you accept us ya allah ya allah we are very weak ya allah we are full of faults and mistakes ya allah allah we cannot do one thing right ya allah ilahul alamin but ya allah we are begging for your mercy ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah you accept us ya allah you accept us ya allah allah you accept us out of your grace and mercy ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah allah whatever nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam sought ya allah whatever the pious servants of yours asked ya allah allah we also asking for all that good ya allah whatever they sought refuge from ya allah grant us refuge as well ya allah and all those who have raised their hands to this dua all who asked us to make dua allah you fulfill each one's needs ya allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya allah grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah whatever we've asked for ya allah out of your grace and mercy grant it to us ya allah what we should have been asking for ya allah bless us with that as well ya allah allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliy al-azim ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب